prime time is anytime. Subscribe to the Primetime Sports Podcast at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Sportsnet 590 The Fan On Demand. Going in for the shot, a shot, It's game day. for the Leafs and Panthers. John Tavares with a hat trick! This is the Leafs Morning Skate. Mitch Marner snaps it home! On Sportsnet 590, The Fan. All right, it is indeed time for Leafs Morning Skate ahead of tonight's game between the Maple Leafs and the Florida Panthers. Jeff Blair alongside Andre DeVoe and Sean Mathias. The Leafs. 4-2 winners over the Tampa Bay Lightning last night. Want to remind you, if you want to join the conversation, you can text us. Our text line is 590-590. Use your name and location as well. Uh, gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Uh, well, Andre, you came in and you dropped the plan the parade. Let's plan the parade, guys. Um, They're going all the way. I, I don't think we're. I don't think we're going to be. <laughs> we're not going to be planning. We're not going to be planning any parade. But I want to get the conversation started <clears throat> by asking you both of you to tell me why this team looks to me at least so much more comfortable on the road than at home i mean sean you you could start they just do they do you're right they had a great game last night freddie anderson was playing lights out um i don't know what it is about the home crowd and playing away games but uh you know good teams went on the road they're a good team they played a lot better last night uh they're playing more their style playing heavy, getting the pucks in against a really good hockey team. Yeah, I'm, I'm not in that dressing room, so it's hard for me to attest to why, why this specific team is, mm-hmm. isn't uh, uh, playing as well at home. But I remember the difference when I was there. Um, they're, they're, Toronto's a big city. There's a lot to do. Guys do different things. A lot of guys have families, friends. Uh, Distractions. Yeah, and, and it's very it was very clicky when I played there. Yeah, yeah, I hung out with a couple guys on the team, and... That's who I saw all the time unless I was at the rink. Whereas on the road, you're going out to dinner as a team. You're going to see movies as a team. You're, you're, you're doing a pregame and then you're all together eating pregame meal. It's just, it's very different. So, uh, you know, I'd like to think it, it's being all together all the time and, and it's just, you know, different and, and there's not as many distractions. But, you know, speaking of this specific team, it's tough. Is there something different in the way Mike coaches on the road? Like, I don't know. I mean, the initial reaction would be, okay, he doesn't have the last line change, so he's not as matchup focused as he would be. And, you know, I, I don't know. I saw him at times last night. It looked like he was, in fact, still trying to get the matchup, putting lines on, taking them off quickly, things of that nature. But is there anything to be said for uh, maybe coaches? Do coaches coach simpler, Sean, on the road than they do at home? Is that just human nature, maybe? I don't think Mike is. I think he's... Uh... You think a, he's he's definitely matching lines. I, I played it with him the first year, and we were a last place team, and uh, he was still competing every night. So to think he's not doing that, I mean, every coach I've played for, and Andre, I'm sure it's the same with you. Most actually do try and match lines more D, I find, but yeah. uh, defensive zone especially. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's always the D that they can get away with. Yeah. Fours are a little tougher, but you'll see uh, Babs pull a guy off with a different line on. He's yelling at guys. He's he's always a competitor. He he, he made some. Some things that I've been well, I've been hoping he'd do for a while now. Like I saw at the end of the period a couple of times, he put, you know, a super, you know, a pure offense line up yeah. there to be in the <laughs> offensive zone, so the other team had to play more defense than cheat offensively. When he put, uh, I think it was, I think he put three centers, Kadri, mm-hmm. Tavares, and Matthews together, which 
I love I love doing like things like that at the end of periods to hold the other team accountable because nobody, um, no team wants to give up a late goal in a period. It's it's a momentum killer. It, it uh, um, you know especially to start a period. So I I love things like that, and I'm happy starting to to, to kind of switch lines around and and uh, you know try try new things. Do you like the new look lines? I mean, I thought that that I thought that was Nazem Kadri's best game in in a long time. Uh, I mean that whole line, uh, you know, look, Casper Kapanen can skate, so that, that's no surprise. But that whole line last night was, I uh, was the best line on the ice. Yeah, they were awesome. Uh, Kapanen was flying. When you got hair like that, you got to be able to skate like that, right? So, um, <laughs> yeah, it, I think that's <laughs> part point, of the deal. Yeah, yeah. But great game by that line. It was uh, fun to watch. Um, Kapanen, exciting young player. He can play up and down the lineup and. I mean, he's great for a guy like Kadri, and you got the the old vet on the other wing, and he's uh, he's keeping them intact, right? Yeah, I, I'm I'm really happy for Kadri because I think I, I I think him and Jake Gardner, the two guys this year, were uh, they haven't been given a fair shake, you know. And then Kadri's a back to back thirty goal scorer. He's playing third line. Uh, yesterday was the first time. I've seen all year, and I've watched every game that somebody looked for him on a one-touch pass in the high slot on the power play. That was the first time I've seen that all year. He does a lot more uh, for the team than just score, though. It, like it, he's... But you know how it is, and, mm-hmm. and I've said this before on the show. A guy who has 30 goals back-to-back, I mean, you want to get your cookies. You, you want to get points, and, and I understand that's not what they're asking to do, but he hasn't had his big contract yet. He hasn't had that huge payday like the rest of them are going to get and i i guarantee you no matter what he says to the press that's in the back of him and his agent's mind that he's probably not going to score 30 this year (laughs) he's probably not even going to come close did you like what you saw out of the i guess the reunited hyman uh hyman matthews and and nylander line again i thought nylander was i thought he was noticeable last night a lot of times there were there were a couple of times uh, there was one in particular i made a note of it i don't know what he was doing i don't know if he was trying to fire the puck off the boards and get it down there, but it looked to me like he just gave up the puck. I still saw signs of that, but at the same time, I also saw him look being a little more engaged. Yeah, he was holding on the puck more, shooting. Um, I like that. A couple of plays, I think, last year, we have seen him pass it more, but I, th- I liked his game last night. Yeah, I, I don't know. See, I'm divided on this one. I, I think he's trying. I, I do think he's trying, and I think it, the work ethic's there, but... It's that compete. Yeah, and at the same time, you know, I'm sorry. It's 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 the NHL. You have to find a way. If if you're being paid $7 bucks, you, you have to find a way to get points. And and I know how, you know, I've, I've been, especially in the AHL, I was put in that position where coaches tell you, you have to get points. That's tough. I can't imagine in the NHL to, to do that, but he's getting paid. You know, he, he has to find a way to, it has to start going in for him. Um, um, you know, he's getting a chance to play with Matthews now, and I hope it stays together for a bit to really give him a chance. This this stuff where he's switching back and forth every few games, I don't like that, but it, it's time. You know, it's it's not the grace period's over, I think. Uh, one of the guys who got a lot of attention last night, uh, Nikita Zaitsev, uh, got some points, uh, got a couple of points. Uh, what did you make of his game? And and I mean, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask both of you this: What is Nikita Zaitsev? Is he like a third pair, a nice third pair defenseman? And that's kind of the extent of it. Or how do you view him? Because you know, Sean, I watch him, and there are games where you you, you want to 
you look at him and you want to think that he's kind of one of those underrated guys that just goes about his job and all that stuff. And then you watch another game and you have to convince yourself, no, he doesn't look like he's doing, he doesn't look to me like he's doing anything out there. What do you yeah. see when you see him? I don't even notice him most games this year. Um, before, I love the way he skis. He's a smooth player, but he's a great practice player. But uh, I haven't really noticed him this season. Even last night, better game. But I think defensively, he's just been quiet. Uh, first year coming to the league, he got that nice contract. He was noticeable playing against him. He was hard to play against. He was hard on sticks, hard on bodies in the corner. Um, but this year, I just haven't seen the same. And it goes back to what I was saying about Nylanders, that compete level. They have 85% of the guys competing hard on that mm-hmm. team every night. They're a fun team to watch. They care. But there's a few passengers on that bus right now. And uh, I don't know. I, I just haven't seen the same level of compete he had the first little bit of his career. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I think Zaitsev is one of those guys where you don't want to notice him. I, I think especially on this team, if you notice him, it means he's making mistakes. He's not a guy who you want taking offensive chances and, and, and things like that. I was saying on, uh, I was on the Good Show yesterday, um, and I was talking to them. I, I think it's the same thing with as Jake Gardner. I think he's it, it's a product of their decor as a whole. I, I think Jake Gardner, if the, if the Leafs had a better decor, Jake Gardner would be having a way better season because he'd be probably playing with Riley most of the time. Mm-hmm. And I also think Nikita Zaitsev, if they had a, a better decor, he'd probably be the fifth, sixth defenseman. You know, so I think uh, they're you know, some of the Leafs deer being put in positions where it's not necessarily fair to them, but it is what it is. Can you guys explain to me what happened late in the game? There were, we were, we were talking about a little bit off air. It was like Steven Stamkos was, it was like he's in his driveway or something. Just firing it's a pucks. shooting gallery. How does that happen? Like, he's a great player. I get it. But, but, and you know, and then I understand the situation the game was in, but uh, to me, it's like it was just like watching a, a three-point shooter in basketball. Everybody feeds him the ball. The guy takes a shot. Feeds him the ball. The guy takes a shot. Well, so at the end of a game, especially if the other team has, if um, they lost about five draws in a row, that's how that happens. I mean, mm-hmm. that, they, they, you can't do that at the end of a game. But um, if the other team has full control on a six-on-five, um, usually you want to try to get into a box and one, and you because if you if you chase somebody. Uh, and and they make a play around you. Somebody's open, mm-hmm. you know, and you you don't want to do that. So you stay boxed in one. The problem with Tampa is they have Kucherov and Stamkos who just and and Hedman. I mean, we were talking about him yeah. before the show. I mean, what he did last night on those two power plays, and then at the end of the game, I mean, that's that's you just have to wow, tip your cap. I mean, he was he was stopping pucks. He was saw guys. He was getting pressured and sauce passing or right in guys' wheelhouse and. But you, you that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to leave guys to the outside and let them shoot. It's the goalie's job to stop the puck. And it's the product of them playing as long as they have together. Yeah. And that's where the Leafs are going to be in a couple of years. Like, yeah. This team's set for mm-hmm. a team like Tampa. Yeah. Hedman, is, Hedman is just such a terrific player, isn't he? I mean, we another guy with great hair, too. Eh? He's, got, he's another guy <laughs> with great hair. Absolutely. He's another guy with great hair. It must be a European thing. Yeah. But um, what do you like to play against? Strong, heavy. Um, he's a big boy. He competes hard, but he's nasty in front of that. We see all the offensive talents he has, but in his own end, he's not fun going in the corner with. He, he'll he come at you. He'll give you that extra shot, but he's a great hockey player. He's uh, I played in Florida for a long time, mm-hmm. so I got to see him uh, in his early years, and even as a rookie, he was second overall pick, and he was outstanding. So he's a very talented player, 
And uh, I'm sure he's a guy that will be uh, running their blue line for a lot, many more years. Yeah. And, and that's a guy who, you know, it, it's like O'Reilly. Like, you just, you don't trade the trade guys like that you know so that's why i think the the idea of the leafs picking up a number one or not you know even number two defenseman at the deadline's kind of silly i think i think reality will be they pick up a three four you know to move forward but they need to yeah well you think they need to i think so yeah yeah. maybe i mean it's it's tough because they're they're in a weird position where uh i don't think you mortgage the future but at the same time, you, you have to go for it, I think, this year. You know, so it, it's kind of a weird scenario where you got to find a balance. I think they leave Gardner, though, as like kind of a rental. Maybe. I yeah, See, I, my, my whole thing on Jake Gardner is the grass isn't greener. I mean, guys like that don't come along very often. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's, he can skate. He's offensive-minded. He's talented. And like I said yesterday on uh, The Good Show... I don't know him personally, but you hear things from other guys about. And what I heard, what I've heard about him is he's a great teammate and he really cares. Oh, he cares. Yeah, and, yeah. and, that, and that's those are massive qualities in a guy. Like that's not stuff you just want to get rid of him. You know? Yeah, and when, when you know when the, there was all that conversation about the booing, I thought like you can tell even 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 reporters. You know, even though you 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 haven't you know you haven't been part of a team. You can tell when guys are rising to a teammate's defense and they're doing it because it's not yeah, where they're supposed to. I yeah. got to do this. Or you can tell it because, no, I'm pissed off, and that's that's bull. Yeah. And yeah. that's the impression I got from just the body language, the response to the questions, is that guys were pissed off about that. And you know what? It has to count for something. It has I, to count for something in this team. Look, I play with Jake. He does care. You're right. Yeah. He's a great teammate. Um He's a he's the type of guy. He was a leader before his years. He would uh, come in and take it like myself. I'm a couple years older than him, and he came and took me under his wing and went out and had a couple dinners with him and stuff with his yeah. wife and mine. And uh, mm-hmm. he's a good teammate. And the guys care about him. You hear about Morgan Riley after the game being all upset about the booze, yeah. and and then last night he's getting booed again. It's like what's going on here? Yeah, that well, that's I I I kind of I almost thought that was going to happen because you know all the least fans down there. They were either watch the game and TV or they're, yeah, the uh, fire alarm's going up. It's not burning. When I move, you guys move. You don't oh, have to worry hey, about it. I have pre-service right now. Oh, there now, you so go. We're, I was, we're safe. I was going to say. We're safe. Yeah, we're, safe we're, the, we're good. We're, there you go. We're we got fine. no problems. Do you, you're going to carry us I, out I here, right? both you guys Yeah, yeah, actually, right you, you probably could. But um, <laughs> oh, what was I talking about now? I lost my train of thought. The before. fans in Tampa. Oh, yeah. I, I almost got the impression that, uh, you know, all the, the Toronto fans who were down there or whatever might have watched the game or done some reading on it, and they... I, I just, I mean, that's Leafs Nation, right? The guy shows up on the road, and I and you get booed. And I was wondering, like, going through Jake Gardner's mind, like, give me a break. <laughs> I'm on the road, and I'm I'm still getting booed. But I mean, we talked about this. I And we had a guy this morning call up on the show and say, you know, well, you got to do something. You got to make a trade and get rid of Gardner and package him. And, and my whole point is not, if I'm making a trade to add a defenseman, I, I want to do something that's going to knock Ozaganoff or Zaitsev down a little bit, right? Absolutely. I want somebody yeah. who can be better. I don't want. I'm not going to get rid of Jake Gardner because that that's that's a lot of ice time gone. And even if I bring another person in, that that doesn't make my blue line any better. The you know? Leafs decor isn't a bad decor. They just have guys who are playing probably a position higher than they should. Yeah. And, and if you were to add, if if you were able to put Riley and and Gardner together, and then you were to add maybe like a real mm-hmm. three four. 
And then you have, you know, uh, uh, Hainsey and uh, Zaitsev or Hainsey and Dermot as your last pair. They have a, that'd be a great decor. Yeah. You know, it's just. Why do you think they should play together though? Like two left-handed shots. I, I, the same reason because. Similar players too. Well, kind of. Uh, I, I think <laughs> I it's the same, that, it's the same idea what they had with Dowdy and Muzzin back in the day where they'll be so offensive that they won't spend as much time in the D zone. Yes, there'll be a liability back there on defensively, but teams will have to be so aware of their offensive uh, potential that... They're almost killing them with offense. Exactly. The, kind of the same idea of putting Matthews, Tavares, and, and yeah. Kadri together at, at the end of a period, you know? Um, we uh, talked a little earlier in this, uh, on the, the Jeff Blair show about the standings, and, you know, there was... a I mean, for a while last night, I think for about 30 minutes, the Bruins were actually ahead of the Leafs. We know that the standings in the division have tightened up. Um, Mitch Marner was asked about it after the game, and he said, look, I don't look at the standings. I'm sure the coaches do. We don't. I'm going to ask you guys, when did you start looking at the standings, Sean? When did, you know, beyond, oh, that's interesting there. When did you start looking at it and go, oh, okay, they're two points behind us if we they win tonight they're going to be tied and we got this when do you start looking at that as a player i always look at like segments of the league like i use 20 game segments because the first 20 guys are feeling it out Mm -hmm. you see like guys having like six point games or whatever you know it's just it's a very different hockey game than it is the last 20 Mm -hmm. in the last 20 last 40 i would say guys start to really put pressure on and start competing for those uh last playoff Mm -hmm. spots and most teams have um, the standings, like up in their room. They have segment right. boards, right? Yeah. Usually, yeah. usually they go every, some some coaches go 10 games, most coaches go five games, and right. you review how that segment was after five games. So you'll get, some coaches go even deeper and you'll have like individual meetings after mm-hmm. five games to how are things going with you? You know, uh, I wanted to see you improve this. I didn't like this, what you did for these three games, but right. you got better here. You know, so it, it there, as much as you think we analyze this stuff, in the dressing room internally at MLSE, they're analyzing it a hundred times more what is, than we are. What does that breaking the breaking the schedule down into short segments do for a player uh, mentally? Is that just a way of sort of helping you maintain focus instead of looking at? I mean, it's it's like it's like having your cake and eating it too, right? We we really aren't taking it day to day, but at the same time, we're not looking too far down the road. Is that essentially the mindset the coaches are trying to create? I think so. Last time I had that with like five game segments was in junior and our coach would uh, post it on the board and it would either make your day or mm-hmm. <laughs> make your day a lot worse. And he, uh, would he put down, this is how many points we expect in these five games realistically, or how does it He work? wouldn't put expectations. He would put your last five. Sorry. So he would put oh, okay. like how many goals, every stat you have, how the team did, but it's all up there. So like I said, you go, you go look at it and you're like, I had one assist these last five. I <laughs> yeah. thought I was playing pretty good. Yeah. But, uh, right. Yeah. It's very, um, it's hard not to be with things like that, though, result-oriented. You yeah. Know? So you, it's easy to, like, just like Sean just said, like, you could think you're playing well, but then you see your stats, and mm-hmm. then it, kind of looking at things on paper sometimes, it doesn't do justice to your contribution on the ice. So there, there is a balance there. But it, a lot of coaches use that, so you kind of have to get used to it. Yeah. Is it a topic of conversation in the locker room, though? The guys... Guys talk a lot about where the team is in the standings at that point in time. I mean, I guess it would be different. You, you you know, but you don't necessarily talk about To be honest, I always hung out with guys that didn't necessarily love talking about hockey away <laughs> from the rink. You know, mm-hmm. you, you're, you're, you're inundated with that stuff. But 
you know, I remember the only time I really paid attention to it was when, um, when, when I was in Toronto here, we were the one year we were only like two points out of playoffs and we mm-hmm. needed some help towards, uh, I remember mm-hmm. we were in Florida and we lost a game in Florida. That was a huge game. We could have been like, I, I think one or two points out. And I remember guys were really, you know, mad after the game cause everybody knew what the standings were, but typically, um, you know, guys aren't really paying attention to, to standings until the end of the year. Who are going to face? Do guys pay attention to standings less on real good teams than on bad teams? 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 So when, you, when, a, when, when a player says, well, I'm really not aware that we've won five in a row or six in a row, it could be that, – that's legit. If you're in a good team, like, yeah. I guarantee you, I would think the Tampa Bay Lightning aren't waking up every morning and looking at the standings to see who's seventh or eighth. No, I was in Winnipeg last year and – we had a great season, and uh, we had the board in our uh, main room, like where the guys had lunch and stuff. And it had every single team, both conferences, and uh, guys didn't care. The first year I was there, though, we were fighting for that last playoff mm-hmm. spot, and it was a big discussion around the the lunch mm-hmm. table. It was every day. But uh, last year, knowing you're going to get in, you still talk about it, you still think about it. But um, I was one of the guys who never really talked about it. I, I kind of just chose to just go on about my day and just uh, – not really worried too much about it. Yeah, I, th- I think it depends a lot on the individual. Some guys, I know, I know my, for myself personally, I, I was always a guy that put a lot of pressure on myself. So I, I didn't want to put added pressure about, oh, no, if we lose this game and we're here in the standings compared to here or anything. Some guys, I think it's better to just concentrate and go on and play. But then there's other guys yeah. where it's, it's a motivator for them. So it, it, it helps some guys definitely, but other guys have to just phase it out. It's such a mental grind. Like oh, if you're, sure. you have yeah. to go day by day. Like yeah, absolutely. If you're, if yeah. you're freaking out about something like that five-game segment yeah. or if you're freaking out about the standings, there's so many things that can go. You could be getting booed by your own fans. Yeah. And uh, to be losing your mind over something that you have no control of at that moment Mm-hmm. You know, focus on your game. That's what I always thought. Yeah. Like, get your little meal things, in you. Yeah. Little things. Yeah. Do those things to be better for the next game. Yeah. Yeah, kind of become details-oriented and, and and worry about that as opposed to, to where things are. Yeah. There's only Let so the coaches many, worry. Yeah, yeah there, exactly. There's only so many And they things. will. Yeah, oh, they'll yeah, worry. They'll worry. There's only so many things you can control. So, uh, you know, the things you can't, you can't really worry. And that, that's a learning curve, you know, because you come in yeah. and you want to, you're worried about everything. And then you, you realize pretty quick, like, oh, my God, if I'm worried about my ice time or my power play time or this stuff, I'm going to be worried forever. Who's the guy you played with, Sean, that was the perfect guy for that? The guy who just didn't, where they were in the standings, whatever, just didn't. This is the same guy. Is there a guy that was just sort of the guy that you went early in your career, you thought, yeah, that's kind of the way to be? happy over the course of a long career well i didn't make the playoffs very many times right. at the beginning of my career so but uh so i won't use florida as an example but uh <laughs> in vancouver i mean we had 101 points that year we had i don't think one time i heard guys talk about it mm-hmm. like the sedines were in the room kevin bieksa all competitive guys and not one time that whole year i i can't remember a time yeah that it was even discussed but um but in Winnipeg, it was the opposite. We had, like, Blake Wheeler, Shifley. We had a lot of good hockey players always talking about it, always watching hockey, always improving. So, like like we said, it's different on every team. Everyone's different. But uh, most guys are pretty laid back. But like we said, some guys talk hockey 24-7. Some guys like to get away from the rink and get away from the game. Yeah. I, I remember on the plane uh, after a game, uh, I used to have to double up with one of the rookies, obviously, and Right behind us, Pavel Kabina, he'd be lounging out. On a, you know, he'd mm-hmm. get two seats to himself. And 
sometimes I'd, you know, we'd be eating meal. And I'd be like, Kubi, that one play there. And he'd look up at me, you know, mouth half full, be like, don't talk to me about hockey right now. You know, he just, <laughs> yeah. didn't, he just didn't want to, you know, and some guys are like that. They, mm-hmm. they, you know, you eat and breathe it and then they just want to shut it off for a bit. And they know like every stat, like exactly. how guys tape their sticks and they're telling you, you're like, I don't know what That's, you're talking about, man. Yeah, <laughs> Matt Stajan was like that in, yeah. in junior all the way up. He knew, he could remember like plays from months ago, who scored, who got the assist. It's just some guys, yeah. they li- eat, they live hockey, mm-hmm. you know, and then other guys aren't like that. It's Leafs morning skate with Matthias, DeVoe, and Blair. We'll take a break. Come back. Hopefully the alarms will have stopped sounding. Leafs morning skate. I'm here, boys. Don't worry. (laughs) There you go. We got a fireman with us. Leafs morning skate on Sportsnet 590, the fan. Tim and Sid. So funny, you might pee a little. Luckily, you can listen on the can. Subscribe to the podcast at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Now, back to Leafs Morning Skate on Sportsnet 590, the fan. Offside. Well, guys, five minutes each for fighting. Or onside. My goodness. Whose side are you on? Hey, get off my back. All right, let's go. All right, well... I was about to say, Derek, it was a good start. I let it play out. It's because I'm still scared from the fire drill. Apparently, it's over now. Don't be scared. I'm here, Jeff. I know. The only thing prettier than my toe drag is me handling a 65. A what? Well, it's fire. Fire, fire term. Okay. Fire terms. You, Firing you term. wouldn't understand that. Did ever, uh, <laughs> do you ever have fire, uh, like the fire alarm go off in like hotels or anything? Not yet, no. But I'm, I'm waiting. I, you know, I, I think that's... I haven't got an interview yet. So no, it's, as a player, I, he's I, saying oh, he's yeah, a player yeah. when you're playing. Oh, you're... when I was playing. No, no, God. I, Not even no. in Russia? No. I don't know if there were fire alarms That's in Russia. That's a good point. I think you're expendable there. I don't, <laughs> I don't <laughs> There's more of you. Don't yeah. worry about it. It's Lee's Morning Skate with uh, with DeVoe, Matthias, and uh, Blair. All right, this is Offside Onside, where I say something, and these two guys tell me whether I'm right, which is onside, or wrong, which is offside. Uh, don't really have anything deep today except there's something I was thinking about last night watching the game, and they had a shot of Kyle Dubas and all the Leafs scouts. Um, I guess they were getting together. Uh, they're getting together in Florida, which is a good place to bring all your scouts together. But, you know, every time I hear people talk about what the Leafs need, and it, it's always, well, they got to do this at the trade deadline, they got to do this at the trade deadline. And, guys, I was thinking about this last night. If 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 I'm Kyle Dubas... I know that I need help in defense. Well, I needed help in defense in August, September, October, November, December. I've, I've known that all along. I'm looking for another, maybe a heavier forward. I don't know if I want to spend a lot of money on it or spend not a lot of money, but I don't know if I want to spend a lot of resources on it, but I know I need that. I've needed that. You know, we've been talking about it for two months. I think if I'm Kyle Dubas, I'm saying I'm not waiting to the deadline. Uh, if I get a chance, even if it means paying a little more, even if it means a draft pick plus one of those those young forwards, I'm doing it as soon as I can. That's my take. Andre, what do you think? Well, typically I would agree with you, but since it's onside, offside, um, I, I'm going to say you're offside. Uh, I, I don't think I, – I think, yes, you're, you're right. Um, you, you sh- the earlier you get in a player, the better he can adapt, the better guys can get used to – but – that being said, this is a weird year for the Leafs because they have two big guys they need to sign at the end of the year. So the earlier you get a guy coming in, the more you're going to pay, probably the bigger the cap hit with mm-hmm. that stuff going forward. So I think I think if, if 
and and I don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but I think the the thinking is the closer you wait to the deadline, you know who the sellers are and they need to get rid of guys. You're going to get a way better deal for a better player and then you bring them in and then it doesn't necessarily affect you in the summer because they have, you know, I'm sure you know the news, but the, the Marner's agent said they're not negotiating this right. year. So that's, you know, that should be bigger news because that means, uh-oh, you know, like they really might, you know, if things don't go according to plan now, they might lose one and they can't have that happen. You know, and that no, has to impact what you get in a trade as well. Exactly. No, trying to figure yeah. out what, I mean, Sean, what do you yeah. think? Do you think, and you guys have been in rooms, is, is, what's it like when a guy joins a team at a deadline? Like, you know, how long does it take for a guy to get, to get up to speed with his team? Is it much better to have a guy in earlier? Does it not make any difference? I'm going to go onside because I think it would help the player to come in early. Mm-hmm. Especially I've, in this market. Oh, you're a trader. Yeah. You're just saying that because you're new. Well, I want to get the fans excited. Like, let's give them something <laughs> yeah. to talk about. Let's bring someone in and get everyone fired up. But uh, as a player who's been traded twice at the deadline, one at the deadline and one uh, a little bit before oh, suitcase, it. suitcase, huh? Yeah, wow. a suitcase, wow. five games, Good buddy. For you. <laughs> yeah, that's the name of the game, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but... I would say it was a lot easier coming in a little bit earlier. You get a little bit more time with the team. It's, um, you know, guys are professionals, so guys don't really, you mm-hmm. know, you go into any room, it's pretty easy to make buddies. And, guys are pretty adaptable at that yeah. point in their career too. You know, one one day you're with this team, the next day you're with this team, and guys are, hockey players aren't that deep. They're always say. inviting you to dinners <laughs> and stuff too. Like, yeah, you exactly. always have a buddy. I'll, I'll never forget that when I came up to, uh, I'll always, I'll never ever forget when I was uh, a call-up, when I came up to New York, and I would get random text messages from Brad Richards and Brian Boyle, you know, and that that meant the world to me. Like, hey, we're here, like no pressure, but if you want to come out to dinner, or, and I was brand new to the team, and those guys just extending, you know, first of mm-hmm. all, it's Brad Richards, you know, and, and Brian Boyle, but uh, you know, the, the, that's things that you know uh, on every team. There's guys like that who you know take it upon themselves to make guys feel included, and you know what sucks about getting traded though. What? The hotels they put you in. Oh, it's you go from your nice home, your bed, yeah. and everything, and yeah. then you're in a hotel, and you're like, "What is this? Like, it's supposed to have a kitchen. You got like a little fridge or something, like a little." And you're in the hotel for the rest of the year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, it, so I would, I'd be one of those guys for the first two weeks. I'd be like, "This is unreal!" Like they're cleaning my room every day, and then yeah. uh, after two weeks, I'd be like, "I hate this place." Oh, I you start get, to uh, yeah, hate it. I want to <laughs> get out of here. I would eat McDonald's like. Every night you have in, in Colorado. Nothing you, else you, was open. You, well, but you have to just, uh, it's food for your soul, you know? Yeah. It's, Big it Mac. Yeah. All right. Never thought of it. I've never thought of it like that. <laughs> well, you can't cook because there's no kitchen. So you're just eating yeah, all you, the time. Well, you have no option. You know, like if you yeah. don't have a kitchen, like, you, yeah, that's what, do you, what do you do? You know, you can't, you can't go to microwave a, something, get some little, get those, you know, <laughs> little, <laughs> those little burritos. No, the, the, the micro <laughs> yeah. burrito. The microwave burritos are they're solid. My, my room didn't have a microwave, but I guess mm. it wasn't a big deal. Uh the least play the Panthers tonight. Sean, you played that's, there. Yeah, that's uh, one of my old teams right there. One of your old teams. So who do you cheer for tonight? Toronto. Oh, really? Oh. Uh, I live what in a, Toronto, but uh, Toronto yeah. kid. Yeah. Let's go. What do you make of this the, the state of that team? And and um um just hockey in Florida in general. Well, they get a lot of like Black for like their fans but the fans that do go to the game like they they are passionate but it's in it's just a weird market the rinks kind of in the suburbs not mm-hmm. downtown um i don't understand it like they just never make the playoffs they have 
some really strong young players like Barkov, Huberdo, Ekblad. Barkov's true. Dadanov's a good young yeah. player who came yeah. back. He was he was there, then he went to KHL, came back. Yeah. But I don't know. They just can't figure it out. I don't know if it's management or whatever, but they've been there for a long time. And when I was there, I went through like three or four different owners, three or four different GMs, and about five coaches. Yeah. So in the last few years, they've kept the same management mostly. Yeah, Florida's one of those weird things. I, I think this year, though, you know, they have Luongo in net. And, I mean, he's Roberto Luongo. He's great. But, I mean, at the same time, and he hasn't been Roberto Luongo of the old. Well, how old is he now? I, well, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, how do you expect a guy who's almost, I think he is 40, right? Is he 40? I don't know. I believe but, he is. Uh, that's a question for Travis. But Let me guess 41. 41, wow. So it's even older. But, but. I don't know. When you don't have solid goaltending, I mean, that's what the NHL is now, in my opinion. The NHL, you have to have good goaltending and you have to have a good special teams, you know, and, and if you don't have one of those, you're in trouble. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they just don't have – you just never hear about them. Like, they have their top guys, but I couldn't even tell you who's on their fourth line right now, third line. Mm-hmm. It's a know. place guys go to hide. You know, God, there's a lot of guys in the well, NHL that don't want to be in the spotlight, and that's a place where you can not be in the spotlight and make your money and live in a sunny place. And, right. you know, that's that's enticing to a lot of guys. Maybe that's why they never make the playoffs because they're golfing and having yeah. too much fun. Is it is it hard to – I was going to say, is, is it hard to play hockey in Florida? Like, just – is it hard – Yes, because <laughs> it is. Like it is. I, you know, I've heard. I mean, I we, remember we had Drew Doughty in here, and I remember talking to him about playing in California. He said, "Not, not really. Not as, not as hard as you might think." And I thought, okay. But I've talked to guys who played in Florida. They say the exact opposite. They say the exact opposite. It is hard to play hockey in Florida, especially in in that that Florida team. Yeah. So when I got traded to Vancouver, we, play, we went back to Florida about a week later, mm-hmm. and Tortorella was our coach, and he was. <sighs> <laughs> yelling at us about how quiet the fans are. He's like, don't let it get under your skin. Like, don't let it, like, throw you off. Like, mm-hmm. they're going to be really quiet out there. And I'm sitting there going, like, oh, they're going to be loud. Like, the fans here are, like, loud. Mm-hmm. And we went out there and couldn't hear anything. Wow. Except for the Vancouver fans that travel right. wherever you go. But, yeah, the fans there, they're, they're good, but there just isn't enough of them. Well, they just, they all have heat stroke from being on the beach all day. You, of course, margaritas. Were, you, were course, you, of course, were traded to Vancouver. Yeah. Or, uh, or or Mr. Luongo. Yeah, Mr. so I should Luongo, know how old he is. With Jacob Markstrom. Yeah, I was going to say. So you're worth half of Roberto Luongo. And I was traded from Detroit for Bertuzzi, who was traded. That's right. So, like, it's kind of a weird thing there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, well, yeah. So Vancouver all along was trying to, you know, get me. They just went about it in a convoluted, <laughs> yeah. a convoluted sort of way. They were waiting till the prime. Yeah, there's – let's go – let this guy develop a bit. Tell me something about Roberto Luongo that you'd only know from playing. I mean, playing I, against I, him. Yeah. Mm, greasy hair, but I think everyone knows that. Yeah. But, uh, uh, he owns a – that's an off-ice thing. Yeah. I was going to say about his pizza place. But uh, yeah. playing against him, it's just the way he moves. I think it's just he competes. He's He moves very well. He's It's just a different level shooting on those types of goalies. Like mm-hmm. you can shoot on HL – backups a lot of goalies in the league but when you get like that true number one who's had a career like that the way they move it's something about it it's just you, they move slow but there's nothing to shoot at yeah it's weird there, there's like yeah there, there's a weird 
I think we talked about this on your yeah your, we you were, your, your you other were talking show. about it yeah. with Mike with, with yeah Hutchinson. that's right one yeah. of the reasons yeah. is it's yeah just, it's very it, we, I was talking about Miller they, yeah they, the they play and mind games with you like they want you to shoot at us but you know you, oh my gosh it's five holes so open and then as soon as you release it it's just it's done you know never, they they yeah. they play mind games with you for sure and he's got like the big hands yeah. big feet like he's just like like when he's got his hands up and it's like he's a big boy like, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a big man like when yeah. he's you don't see a whole lot of net when you're shooting on he's kind of like um like new york um uh lung yeah, yeah. yeah he's a lot similar Lumbie. like that kind of stays yeah. in his crease a little bit and just looks really big yeah uh when goalies age i mean obviously whenever whenever any athlete ages they have to make changes they have to you know you have to adapt the good goalies in the nhl sean do they uh do they change things as they get older you know, and, and the players notice that. Will you notice a guy playing differently because he's a little older than he might have been three or four years ago as a goalie? Like, do they play deeper? Do they come out more? I don't know if there's any sort of one concrete thing you can say. But I think with goaltending, it's a little bit different than as a player. Like, they say, like, forwards develop the earliest because D, they take a little bit longer. And goalies, I think, take the longest. You see a lot of goalies do really well from, like, that 30 to 35 mm -hmm. range. And you see a lot of forwards do really well in their early 20s, and then they kind of, you know, you don't see them as much when they get older. And D, they can have long careers. But goalies, I think it's like their routine. They have their own coaches. So they do a whole lot in their career to get to that level of a Luongo or a Miller or any of these top guys that were in their prime. I mean, it takes years and years of effort and, and dedication with these coaches and it's just a totally different monster being a goalie i yeah. wouldn't want to do it they're, they're like on their own team yeah you, know, they, they, you leave the goalies alone the coaches kind of leave the goalies alone a lot and they they have their own goalie coach and meetings yeah and the goal everything. the goalie coach will come in like you'll be having your meeting between periods and the goalie coach will come in and like you know go with an ipad or, or go over something with the goalie you know whisper in his ear and then the goalie's just on his own page all the time. I never noticed how weird goalies were till last year when I sat across from Hellebuck. Yeah. And he would do some things. I was just in awe. I would just sit across from him and just enjoy the show. Cause, yeah. But he had a great season. And but without, without doing nasty things, what would he do without giving away state secrets? What would he do? He just like, he, he does this thing with his eyes. You've probably seen it like on, on the ice, but he does weirder things in the room where he's just like, he just looks around and he gets his glove hand going. It's just... It's mm -hmm. like he's like a bird, like flapping his wings, but it's only one going, and he's just like moving his eyes all over the place. It's just, and that's just one of like many different yeah. things. It's like he puts on one piece of equipment, and then that leg has to move weird. And then he goes to the next piece, and then he, he stands up and starts looking these weird looks again. It's just, it's a trip, but it seems to work for him. Yeah, I was going to say, whatever he's doing does work. The, the uh, Leafs will play. They'll play Florida tonight, back to back. They don't, you know, they don't have the whole day off to deal with with anything. Is it good when you're when you're a team going down to Florida? Would you rather play back to back as opposed to have a day off and go to the beach? And I think, maybe fish. I, I think the coaches rather than coach, play back. Yeah, yeah. The, the yeah coach, let me rephrase yeah. that. Let me rephrase <laughs> that. Was it different? Was it different being playing back to back than having to than having that day off? And Sean is a guy who played in Florida. Did you guys? Would you look at a team and go? <laughs> They're coming off. They're coming off a night at the elbow room. We're we're golden. Yeah, like some teams would have their rookie party in Miami, and we were just licking our chops when that would happen. We had one game where Malkin got too sunburnt to play. Was, <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. He was way too sunburnt to play. Oh, they couldn't put his equipment. Yeah, on. And we got word of it like early in the day. We're like, yeah, yeah Malkin's not 
playing. Like he didn't take morning skate or anything. Apparently he's got like a really bad burn. And uh, it was true. Like he sat, he fell asleep at the pool that day and he woke up like a couple hours later and he was just fried. And uh, good thing it was him. Can you imagine like a third, fourth line guy? Like, uh, imagine? Can you imagine? Would like, you, that'd be the end of your career. If I showed up and was like, boys, I can't, I can't play. I'm too burnt. Yeah. Like they'd be like, you're playing. Yeah. Or I'm going to the minors. Yeah, you'd be on a, you'd yeah, be on a plane that night or you would have a very painful game. I showed up on the plane once. Uh, Eric Branson, we literally showed up in the plane in Florida and like a minute, a minute before it was going to take off. Like the doors were shutting, like the coaches were all staring. And then we had a day off the day before and we went to the beach and we both like sat in the same spot the whole day, no sunscreen. So the whole side of our one body was burnt so bad and we were late for the plane. We had to like walk by these coaches. So yeah. So playing in Florida can be yeah. tough. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, and, and, you know, I as I said, um, well, Florida was where wasn't that where the the thing with the fishing the Leafs got in trouble a couple of years ago. Remember, they went out fishing and they took pictures. Oh yeah, and they posted I heard it, about that. Yeah, it, people it didn't like, like come that. On. I mean, but guys do that yeah, was uh, that was over the top. Well, it? guys do things like that everywhere. You know, yeah. there there's special dinners or the, you, you gotta. It's a long season. It's it's long. It, it's uh, especially things like that are good, like uh, to build. You did know, you team bonding did you look forward like where were where were the cities you like to go to, to you know the areas you'd like you like to go to during the season we looked oh this is a great trip i mean i, I know new york is but was florida one of those places where guys look forward well, to obvi- obviously there? the weather the uh, florida yeah. but i don't know i was a big fan like chicago is one of my favorite cities and that, you know i'd like going there um i don't know Philly, Philly is pretty. I don't know that all the yeah. same. Philly? Yeah, I like picking Philly. I like Philly. I had some good times in good Philly. Good food though. Yeah, good great, food great Philly. food. I like Philly. See, it, but it's Philly. It's it's, <laughs> it's weird. Well, I had some fun times in Philly. I I've you never had a good there. time in yeah. Philly. And but, you would also. I mean, Philly. You were probably you were probably going to be playing that night, right? Oh, absolutely. Against Philly, uh, you were yeah, you were going to yeah, be no, in the lineup. Yeah, yeah. I trust me. Like with my role when I was up. uh I knew the games I was playing and the games I wouldn't. It was just very, it was very easy, like to yeah. look at who the other team had and if he was consistent player. And then I'd be like, okay, I'm going. And you know, in a, in a way that role it sucks, but in a way that role is a lot easier because you know, it, you know, you know, I'm yeah. not, I wasn't guessing, you know, so it was different. So when you when you when you live in Florida and play in Florida, what road trips did you like? I used to like going to like New York and mm-hmm. Boston, um, obviously coming home and Montreal, all like the big market teams are always fun. Vancouver is a great city to go to. Um, now we got Vegas. Yeah, can you <laughs> imagine that? Like that, that would be the city now where your home record has to be pretty good. You know? Yeah, that, that is. Yeah. The you, Vegas flu. You're, you're going to, you're going to have, eventually you're going to have some incident there with players like being out half the night or something. Well, wasn't it's, it? Wasn't the Calgary Flames last year ended up staying mom's trip? That's right. But the yeah, the Flames <laughs> the took mom's their mom's trip. trip to Calgary. But didn't they stay? They out. stayed way the hell off the strip or something like. Or that was the least stayed in Red Rocks. That's yeah. right. Oh, they made it their mom's trip and let the moms go nuts at the at the casino. Oh wow! But um, yeah, the the least the one year they stayed in Red Rocks. I remember that, which is like, I, I don't know. Not Winnipeg. We were right in the mix. <laughs> we were right down there. <laughs> you were right yeah, on the strip. all the shows. I wasn't playing, so I was just yeah. having a time. Yeah. Uh, guys, thanks so much for joining us. It was a lot of fun today.
Yeah, thanks for having me thanks. back. Thank you. Uh, the Leafs and the Florida Panthers will play tonight, 7 o'clock on Sportsnet 590. The Fan and Sportsnet Islanders Capital, 7.30 p.m. on Sportsnet 1. If you're jonesing for some basketball, Warriors and Clippers, 10.30 p.m. tonight on Sportsnet 1. For Andre DeVoe and Sean Mathias, I'm Jeff Blair. Thanks so much for joining us on Leafs Morning Skate.